a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. A study done by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, part of the National Institute of Health, says alcohol-related deaths rose 25% during the pandemic. So what about the pandemic caused the spike in deaths? And how can we get out in front of that and help people find more meaning and purpose in their life? Kevin Noel is a clinical case manager from the Recovery Works Program at Hunt- Huntsman Mental Health Institute. We always appreciate our friends up at Huntsman joining us. Uh, Kevin, thanks for jumping on the line with us today. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, so as, as we look at this uh, spike, a 25% uh, increase, uh, what did we see here in the state of Utah? What, what are some of the factors uh, that played into that? I mean, COVID is always, you know, it's, it's, it's affected every part of our lives, and this is no different. I mean, we've seen a lot of people that typically would have more access to, you know, things like going to work and having more social interaction with their friends and, and just, you know, general social situations that were kind of forced into being home and not being able to have those outlets and those, those coping mechanisms that they usually have. And a lot of, a lot of people that had those just ended up turning to alcohol and that, you know, that's, that's what led to it. Uh, as as you look at it, and as have you as you have interacted uh, with those uh, suffering from alcohol abuse or alcoholism, um, so often we talk about that isolation being part of that. Obviously, the uh, the pandemic uh, expanded and exacerbated uh, that. But what is it about being isolated uh, that often leads us into this kind of addictive behavior? Yeah. So, I mean, usually the, the addiction is, is something that's already there, right? It's, it's more of a pre-existing condition. It's something that um, certain people are more prone to having of problems with alcohol and drugs. And I think the that, that COVID and the isolation that comes with it really just kind of led people into a darker spot. And like I said, it took away a lot of those coping mechanisms. It took away that social interaction. And it just makes those problems that were already there a little bit worse. And I feel like people that you know, have trouble with addiction, once that rabbit hole gets started, it just it just kind of spirals out of control easier and easier as you go along. Yeah, and it does. I think the more isolated you become, the the, the harder it is to, to make good decisions or to feel like you're in a position of strength or a position of confidence uh, as you isolate that way. Uh, as, as you've had a chance to interact with people uh, and as we sort of start coming out of the the pandemic, at least the the hardcore components to it in terms of that isolation, uh, what are you seeing? And is there kind of a lagging indicator uh, in terms of where we really are uh, in terms of these kinds of uh, diseases? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we've noticed the most is, I mean, we've had a we've had a decline in in our census this year, even compared to last year, and I think that the ups and downs between the different variants and COVID and the the constant, you know, ebb and flow that we're all going through of being on lockdown, not being on lockdown, um, you know, going into work, working from home and those kind of things. And, and just going back and forth on all that. I think it, I think it just is having more of an impact on people that want the help. And I think it just causes more shutdown. Mm. 
Yeah, and so as people are shutting down, of course, we we know that when people have uh, meaning or purpose, uh, that that can be a, a big game changer uh, in terms of a, a course correction as it relates to addiction. Uh, as you've been working uh, with clients and, and overseeing case management there at Huntsman Mental Health, uh, what is it that all of us can begin to do or what should we be thinking about to help people either reconnect to that meaning or passion or, or purpose in their life? That's a great question. I think, you know, most people when they're dealing with someone who's an addict or an alcoholic or they're having, you know, problems and struggles with addiction is a lot of people almost don't want to face it and you don't want to have those hard conversations and it's important to have them. It's important to talk to people and, and, you know, let them know how, how their use is, is affecting you and how it's affecting the family and, and, um, letting them know that help is available, you know, and, and I think what most people don't realize too, when it comes to addiction is there's, there's so many different outlets and avenues of, of things that people can take to help with themselves. It's not just inpatient treatment. It's not just these really strict, you know, outpatient programs that people have heard of. There's, there's a variety. And I think people being armed with that knowledge and being able to effectively communicate that to their loved ones is extremely important with helping them in that situation. Yeah, I do think that's vital because I think some people say, um, you know, I, there's no way I can do a, uh, a 30, 60, 90 day in, inpatient thing, or I, there's no way I can deal with the, uh, the stigma that would go with, you know, going to a six month program or whatever it may be and, and helping people recognize that there are many different options and many different paths to go down, uh, I think is a, is a real crucial part of, as, as you mentioned, sometimes an uncomfortable, but a really crucial conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what, what a lot of people I think don't realize too, is that most of these programs that are put in place are designed to work around people's work schedules as much as possible. Um, I mean, uh, you know, there are some pretty strict programs and, and inpatient things that can be done that of course do impede on that a little bit more, but most programs are aware that the average person has a nine to five job and they, they do what they can to try and work around those things as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely vital to, to recognize you're not alone in this. There are resources out there. There is flexibility. There's a lot of way to do it. But I think the one thing we have to make sure the uh, those suffering do understand is this is not this is not the battle you fight alone. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I mean everyone has somebody. Even if you know it seems like it's. You know, all of your expenses have been resource, or all of your resources have been spent, or whether you feel like you've burned every bridge. I mean, you you've always got somebody, and there's always somebody willing to help. And that's part of what we do here too is just really try and provide provide that support for people that are kind of in that really dark place and they feel alone. Yeah, and uh, we'll just reiterate that. And uh, Kevin Noel is, is joining us from Huntsman Mental Health Institute, and uh, they are a great resource, uh, a great place to begin. If you are in one of those dark, difficult places, uh, there is help out there. There's always the Safe UT app, a uh, great way to get some instant help if you're in that space or if you know someone who is in that space. Uh, Kevin Noel, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, a sometimes uncomfortable but really crucial conversation for us today. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Again, that's Kevin Noel. He's the clinic uh, case manager uh, for the Recovery Works Program at the Huntsman Mental Health Institute. And uh, I appreciate that, that Kevin talked about some of those uncomfortable conversations that uh, we might not want to have uh, with a loved one or a friend, uh, someone we care about, a colleague at work. Uh, but having those is so important because the one thing we know 
uh, is as people go down that rabbit hole, uh, as Kevin described it, uh, that we do get more isolated. And clearly the pandemic created more isolation and disconnected disconnected people from meaning and from purpose uh, and for hum- from human interaction. Uh, and all of that leads you to a space where, oh, it doesn't matter, nobody cares, I don't care, uh, it, and you just go down that rabbit hole. And so recognizing that you're not alone in this and helping families realize that they're not alone if they've got a loved one suffering from alcohol abuse or drug addiction of any kind. Uh, and it extends to other spaces as well in terms of anxiety, depression, uh, all of those things. And, and so making sure this is something that we all can do something. We can't do everything, uh, but this is an area we all can do something today. You can send a text to somebody that you might think uh, is having a bad day. Or might be struggling. Or maybe is just self-isolating a little bit. Maybe they just haven't been around as much or engaged as much uh, on your family group chat uh, or on your social media feeds or around the office or showing up to social functions. We all know somebody uh, who may be self-isolating. Uh, and we don't know where that is leading next. And if you're worried about them, if you're concerned about them, reach out. And if you're listening today and you are in that dark space... Uh, reach out. Uh, There is an army of people who are ready to link arms with you and move towards the light Uh, and better days, purpose, meaning, uh, and all the things that bring joy and happiness and meaningful interaction. Uh, We just have to do it together. This is not the battle to fight alone. Uh, There are many of those. Uh, This is not one of them. Don't do it alone. Whether it's you or whether it's a loved one, uh, let's do this thing together. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee will join us. We'll pick up the hearings for the Supreme Court nomination of Judge Jackson coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.